Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerds and I podcast. I'm Cheyenne. Today on a very special, I guess this is not, a, it's, it's special, but it's the first time we've done an MMA podcast. And joining me today, a deep cut for you really OG Nerds and Night listeners, a guest we hasn't been on in a long time, from the popular hit YouTube channel. I know you're thinking, YouTube channel, who could it be? From Phantom Films 100, none other than my boy Garrett. How you doing, Garrett? Hey, man, I'm 10 pounds bigger than I should be, and I got a pain in my back, but I'm still killing it. <laughs> I almost spit my tea all over my monitor when you said that. <laughs> but no, like I said, it's a deep cut. Garrett, this is what, your third podcast, fourth podcast with us? It's been a long time. Shit, I think this might be my second one, to be honest with you. Actually, <laughs> with the WrestleMania, what, 2019, 2018 podcast? 2019. I think so. I remember only being at your house once, I think. So. We've had a pandemic since then? Yes. <laughs> a lot has changed in the world since the last time Garrett was on a Nerds and I podcast. But hopefully this is, not hopefully, it will be the first of many MMA podcasts that we're going to do. Yeah, dude, I'm excited for this, man. And we got a pay-per-view coming up, too. Yes, sir. It's about to get spicy. Yeah, we'll get into that shortly. But first, we're going to talk about UFC Fight Night Cost Inventory. And then, we, yeah, after that, we're going to preview UFC 267, the free pay-per-view. Don't forget, folks, is free on ESPN+, Plus, which is gigantic for a numbered event, right? It's the first one I can remember. Honestly, yeah, it's a big one. But if you want to think about it, every event is free if you know what you're doing, winky gosh face. Gosh dang right, but, gosh dang uh-huh. right. Don't let the people lie to you. You don't have to be paying after 75 bucks a pay-per-view. <laughs> you stick with the nerds tonight, and we will get you. We'll get you all sorted up with the free events. Exactly. You don't even have to watch them. We'll do it for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> you stay home. You just get ready. Get your ears ready. <laughs> but where do you want to start in this fight night card? You want to start the – you want to break down the card itself or do you want to go in and talk about some pre-fight shenanigans we had from one of the main marquee fighters? Well, I think starting off with the fight night would make the most sense and then squeezing our way into the – main card i think that might not be too bad i don't so i don't know was there an early prelims on this card no i think uh i mean there was what I me mean, look i'm looking at it now there's eight prelim fights so i think yeah they just moved him into one because this it was one of the first well this is like their second row these afternoon fights right i'm gonna start like 2 p.m something crazy like that i love actually kind of i'm a big fan of these afternoon cards honestly but uh no we can start We'll start in with the first prelim fight I'll talk about, because the first one I, I really cared about was uh, at flyweight, uh, Jeff uh-huh. Molina versus Daniel. Oh God, how do you say this last name? Lacerda? Yeah, Lacerda. That sounds right. Which one? Wait, which what, uh, fight was that? Jeff Molina versus Daniel Lacerda. Like the number down the list. Oh, it's the third fight of the night. Third fight. Jeff Molina won. TKO elbows in the second round, 46 seconds. Dude, my freaking handwriting is something special. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think I wrote that down. It's Daniel, right? Yeah. Okay, I just forgot to write down the... uh, First uh, match. Yeah, like I just I just started straight to notes on the first <laughs> round. I didn't even write down who was no, fighting. It's a pretty crazy fight. You know, it's a, it's it's a fight how flyweight should be, right? Like they ran it, they went after it right away. Mm-hmm. And uh Jeff Molina guy he fights at Tim Elliott's gym, popular guy. 
Daniel Lacerda, I forget where he's from. He was, I mean, there was a big deal as his first fight in the UFC. They were talking about he said, I guess he told Sean Shelby or something he wanted to be a champ. He'd be a champion by next year, but you lose your debut. Probably not going to happen, but keep going. I believe you. Uh, the bet. Yeah, dude, the first fight, like, fucking Daniel. I don't know how language is on this channel, but, like, this dude, the kicks right off the bat were crazy. Smackers. He was hitting those, like, uh, straight, like, those, uh, like the, almost like push kits. He was kicking like right in the gut, right above the groin almost, just kicking straight. I so, love a good deep kick. Kicking the fuck out of his legs. It was, I don't know, like, and then Molina took him down towards the end of the round, I believe, if I'm remembering right. Kind of dominated yeah. him. Yeah, if I remember, I don't remember if this was this fight uh, or a later fight, but there was definitely a rear naked choke into an arm bar and some crazy-ass ground pound. I think... That was this fight. Jeff, that was this yeah. fight. So, like, I think Jeff escaped part of the way through and landed some ground and pound at the end. Yeah, because he... Uh, yeah, because yeah, Jeff... Jeff Molina took him down, or I mean, Daniel took him down, and then was just attacking submissions constantly. Like, had him in the arena could choke, switched to an arm bar, and then that with, like, two and a half minutes left in the round, Molina got on top and just, like, rained down ground and pound until the bell rang. <laughs> and then they get yeah. second the next round started, came out, and TKO'd him. Yes. No, Jeff Molina is a great, I think this is his third fight in the UFC or something like that. I know, like we said, we, we talk about flyweights off podcast, and it's... <sighs> When you weigh 125 pounds, there's no reasons you can't go for three rounds. You know what I mean? Right. Just push oh, it. Oh, boy. Like, just push it. I think... Push it. I don't know. I don't understand. I like, I like flyweights. I don't understand why flyweights aren't more popular. Especially since Bantamweight's so banging right now. People love Bantamweight. It's literally 10 pounds less. I don't understand the whole appeal. Why people hate flyweights so much. It's all star-oriented, man. There's not a lot of stars in the division. I mean, Bring Demetrius Johnson back. I'll say there was DJ. He was like a dominant fighter, but he was never really a popular one. And then Cejudo did his thing, but he's he, gone now. Yeah, and Cejudo, like, he did his thing, but was never really a flyweight, you know what I mean? Like, when he became Triple C, that was him winning the Bantamweight title, you know what I mean? Right. He just won the won the bout and then skedaddled, he and now he might like, be in featherweight. Because he beat DJ to win the title, right? Did he have a – he never defended – no, yeah, I guess he defended against TJ, right? That was a, that was a flyweight. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, then he fought Marlon at one thirty-five. Mm-hmm. And then that was a good fight. Dominic Cruz and retired, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was literally that's out of nowhere. Just like I guess I beat the goats. You said, <laughs> "Sorry, Uncle Dana, but you, Triple C's out, man. You gotta hear me no more." <laughs> that was a COVID <laughs> fight. I love that. That was a good card. That was, that was uh, enjoyable. Next on these prelims, we'll move up to the next fight. I just like it because I like Jai Herbert, and it's a. Uh, Jai Herbert knocked out Karma Worthy with a, a minute with uh, in the first round, two minutes and forty seven seconds. I, I just like Jai Herbert because when he got knocked out by Trinaldo, that's the Herb Dean yelling at a uh, what's his name, the British guy. His name slipped through my head. He used to commentate for the UFC. Oh, uh, oh, fucking! He's got the Dan mo- Hardy. Dan Hardy, stop the fight! Stop the fight! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard that so much. <laughs> Stop the uh, fight! <laughs> Honestly, the only thing I really took from that fight is Karma the Death Star nickname. I, I don't know why I thought that was a fun name for... And not just because I'm a Star Wars nerd, but yeah. I just, you know, all nicknames are lame for the most part, but with the Death Star, I thought that was pretty tight. Yeah, it was a big fight for Jai Herbert. He was his last fight in his UFC contract. He fought three fights, lost the first two, knocked him out in this one. 
If you're gonna get, a, if you're gonna stick around, knocking someone out in your last fight in your contract is probably a good way to get a get re-upped. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So, Another thing though with uh, Jai is I know he's a training partner of Leon Edwards. He fights a lot like Leon Edwards too. Yeah. So it's and well, I mean, gets finishes way more frequently apparently than Leon Edwards, but still very impressive. I know it's a little off topic, but I mean, this is our first MMA podcast, so. Honestly, I don't think the two of us had big mini MMA, MMA discussions. What's your opinions on old Leon Edwards? I'm a big fan. How about, what about you? I haven't watched a lot of his fights, to be honest with you. Like, I know he's good. His win-loss record speaks for himself, or speaks for itself. I'm pretty sure, the, wasn't the last fight he lost against Usman? Yeah, the last fight he lost was Usman. That was back in 2013. Yeah, and since then, I think he's only had, like, what, one no contest where he poked it yeah, or something? Yeah, he's had a 10-fight, a 10 yeah, ten fight, no loss streak, nine wins, and no. You know when he poked Bala Muhammad in the eye, which was out of eye pokes, eye pokes go was not that egregious. Like, it wasn't like a DC eye poke, right? He's not like the John Jones, right? He wasn't sticking his hands out like that. He was like throwing a kick and put his hand up at the same time. I mean, the eye right. poke was nasty. Uh, like the Bilal, like you saw, like uh, the second, it went all the way to like his second knuckle in Bilal's eye. Jeez, but. It was like in the second round, he was kick. I mean, he was kicking Bilal's ass. So I don't really, I'm not the biggest Bilal Muhammad saying that like, he cheated and was gonna win the fight. Like, calm down, you're getting your ass kicked. <laughs> but it's like Al Jermaine. Yeah, like no, I would have won that fight. If he didn't I know we can get head. to. We'll talk about more Leon Edwards when we start previewing cards. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, like you said, Jai Herbert, training partner, big. There's a lot of good uh, UK fighters right now. My big UK, mm-hmm. I pretty much like all the main ones. Like. Or uh, Patty Plimblett debuted a couple of weeks ago. Rest in peace, Darren Till. You know, he's been on a slide recently. Feel bad for him. <laughs> Same. And then, like uh, you said, Leon's probably one fight away from a title fight here. If he, if he beats Jorge. If he beats yeah. Jorge, you have to put him in a title fight, right? I'd say so. Unless, I mean, what if Colby wins, though? Because that just screws everything up. Because Colby, uh... Colby wins, you have to rematch. They're going to get Usman as rematch, you know what I mean? We can do the winner of each bout. Why not? We can uh, Colby and, and uh, Jorge has his own storyline. Yep. Leon can fight Colby. That'd be a good fight. And uh, whoever wins fights Usman again. Um, well, freaking Colby's fighting Usman now. Right. So no, that won't like, really matter. I said, if, I said if Colby beats Usman though in two weeks, then if Leon, even if Leon beats Jorge. They're just going to run Colby and Usman back, right? Usman's going to get his immediate rematch. Maybe. Unless it's, like, dominant, right? Unless it's, like, Colby comes out and starches him in the first round. That'd be – oh, my God, that'd be crazy. Colby's <laughs> <laughs> really working on his in this camp. Uh, you have any more fights in these prelims you want to talk about? I know Mason Jones had a good performance. Um, uh, honestly, like, one fight that was pretty – at least entertaining. It was the first bout. Uh, Vaid – Versus Jonathan Martinez and uh, his yes. debut match, and he was undefeated coming in a few days short fight. notice, and Vaid got freaking slaughtered pretty much. His <laughs> grappling got neutralized immediately. Like I remember seeing that, I was like, "Oh, this guy's screwed." He like immediately got sprawled. Like the clinch attempt, takedowns got stuffed, and then like two sprawls, I think, and then yeah. just on the feet, smacked up. He did great though. I like the style. It was like, uh, oh, not Habib, but like um. Like a, almost like a more of an Eddie Alvarez, yeah. But with more range kicks, more side kicks to the body, to the head. He was for his size, he was throwing a lot of long shots. And I really liked that, but it wasn't enough to get him the dub. But it was still a really good fight. 
Yeah, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Martinez, that one. Over his last fight, he got knocked out by old man Davy Grant. But he's fought, he's been, and there's some tough people. Like, I think he fought Thomas Almeida. Uh, but I like John Martinez. Ban- like, Bantamweight, like, even though they're not, like, names in Bantamweight, those two, but it just shows how stacked that division is. You know what I mean? Like, even open yes. the prelims, you got good fight. Bantamweight's so good right now. It is. Not a lot of stars, but a lot of killers, that's for sure. That's true. Hey, there's some stars in there. Don't forget about Sugar Sean O'Malley. No, I mean, not a lot of stars. I mean, there are stars. I love. I love a sugar show. Yeah, undefeated, undefeated sugar show. They, the sugar state, the sugar state athletic commission. They overturned that fight. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm full. <laughs> the next fight, honestly, in this car, I want to talk about, uh, just because it has like a storyline I like. Uh, the it's on the main card now. Francisco Trinaldo versus Dwight Grant. Uh, main card. Here we go. Hold up. <laughs> It really set the precedent for taking a point, like, right away. You know what I mean? Like, they were warned. Like, I think he had a couple warnings. But usually with eye pokes, still, you don't see points taken away. Unless it's, right. like, really bad. And, like, a second he poked him. I forget. I don't think that was – that was, like, the older man referee in that fight. Can't think of his name right now. Yeah, he immediately, I want – He immediately took a point. I wanted to think of his name, too, because there's another ref I thought was pretty nice. He, was, he seems like a nice guy. But, yeah, those two refs, him and uh, what was the other one again? We're Jason Herzog, the guy in the main Jason event. Her- yeah. Yes. Great, great freaking refs tonight. I don't know if someone got a talk in the athletic commission or if these guys are just in a good mood today, but, man, they were killing it. Yeah. We also had my favorite ref, the one that, as John Ng would say, no nonsense, no nonsense. Keith Peterson was there in full effect, looking like an angry poo bear. Uh, I was gonna say Keith Peterson. <laughs> I said at no point uh, did Keith seem like he was on alcohol or cigarettes. Yeah, did not. So. No word from the fires. He smelled like cigarettes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I saw, I that, was that the Air Hawani show where he was going off? <laughs> I, I think Peterson it might have been. I love Air Hawani. Hey, Air Hawani, put us, bring us on the podcast, dog. Bring us on the show. The hottest names, the hottest names, and the hottest new just... MMA journalists. Is Dominic Cruz getting ready for a fight right now? Yeah, he fights at the end. Of, he fights in December. Okay, he's I was fighting wondering, Pedro, Mun- uh, Pedro Munoz. Okay, that'd be a good fight. I'm thinking like I miss him on commentary just a little bit. I love Paul Felder. Don't get me wrong, oh, but like yeah. <laughs> anytime Keith Peterson comes up and you just hear ah, <laughs> sideline. <laughs> yeah, Dominic Cruz is scheduled to fight at 269 December 11th against yeah Pedro Munoz. Dominic okay. Cruz, number 11? Is he number 10 in the Bantamweight rankings right now? Yeah. Probably. He's getting Pedro starched. Munoz, number 9. Okay, Cruz still trying to strive for the title. I don't know if he All wins right. again, but... No, I like the... Trinaldo, of course, a tough fighter. Kind of reminded me of, like, a smaller Romero. He's, like, just old, tough, <laughs> and just hits like a truck. He, like, hits with these people just get wobble when he hits. And he's oh, been well. fighting forever, but, yeah... The crazy eye point in that, and then the next fight after that, we had a point deduction. That one was a given when uh, Sung Won Sung Fu Choi uh, need Alex Caceres. Said his name right yeah. this time. Need him yes. on the head uh, while he's uh, not while he was grounded. Need him in the head, and then Caceres came yeah. back to get a choke in the second round. No Aljamain Sterling, Sterling here did not throw the fight. No, he he was like. Yeah, bro, I'm gonna keep fighting. But not the not to keep going off track here, but the last fight I gotta mention, I know Dwight's called the body snatcher. I freaking love his rear hook to the body. Oh, yeah. So much I wrote it down. 
Like his the way he extends that arm so far to get a rear body hook, it mm-hmm. is a work of beauty, and I love seeing that. He was doing great in that fight. Now, how do you feel back to that? We can go back to that fight for a second. It was a split decision, man, right? Ronaldo got 29-27 on two cards, and then Dwight Grant got 29-27. How do you feel when you see a thing like that? When you see one, like, it's three rounds to one. Well, two judges have it three rounds. Three rounds to nothing, and the other judge has it uh, two rounds to one. You know what I mean? Two rounds to – how do you feel when two judges score it- no rounds for the guy, and the other judge is like, oh, actually, I gave him two rounds. <laughs> it's crazy. It always boggles my mind. It's a broken system. It's still too much like boxing in right. the grading criteria. So it really should be based off, like I don't, I don't be that guy, but pride style rules where it judges off the whole fight. So do you like do you like the one championship and the pride rules where it's judges at the end, like you judge up to the end or whatever? Yeah, and I think there's a lot less controversy that way when it comes to that because I knew you, I feel like I knew you were a pride guy. I feel like I knew you were a pride guy. You ECW <laughs> wrestling, I knew you would like pride. So give I'm me the head, give real... me the head stomps, give me the kicks to the ground, dude. I, at, at least, uh, at least soccer kicks and knees to the head. That's oh my god, brutal, absolutely <laughs> brutal. It's not that bad. I mean, so I get this discussion with a lot of people, especially people that don't get it, but I try to tell them. Most people that can kick kick someone on the ground can kick them just as hard while they're standing. So No, it's like, yeah, what's the difference between getting, like, head kicks standing up than on the ground? It's the same, you know what I mean? They'll both knock you out. Right. They both hurt like hell, you know? Like, <laughs> like no... you look at the – when Shevchenko head kicked Jessica I and knocked her out like kind of like a baseball bat, you think it would be any Dude. harder if she would have kicked her straight in the ground? And it's like – it's not like they're going to get a running start. If you're laying on the ground – awake then get the fuck roll over you know what i mean roll around right. if, yeah, they're, if you're so it's not like it's not like a randy orton punt kick they're, they're, if, <laughs> if they're knocked out like that the fight's gonna be called you know what i mean i'd love to see that it's not like Someone... <laughs> john jones is gonna be in the corner like stomping his foot going crazy <laughs> while dc's like <laughs> slowly getting up <laughs> in the corner just holding the cage <laughs> john jones wipes the coke off his nose <laughs> And then runs over and kicks. Oh no! He kicks DC right in the liver, kills DC. <laughs> the DC winds up in one championship. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, but it it would it would be nice. It'd make fights a lot more entertaining, especially the knees to the head, because it's just so much stalling and too much controversy. Like the right. fact that you can literally just you can touch your fingertips to the ground, and it's I think it, the rule now is like one knee. Or, like, is it? I think it's like one knee or all four limbs have to be touched on the ground. Something yeah. like that. It can't just be one hand. But still, it's like there's. You literally see. I've seen fighters on this card. It might have been the Dwight fight, but he's. Um, he can literally just bring his arms all the way down to the mat, and the opponent can't do with anything except maybe knee him to the body, which is kind of hard from that position. Mm-hmm. But that's like very easy shot to knee someone in the head. Hey. So it's. We saw Demetrius Johnson was all for it, and he got knocked out with a knee, and he still said that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, shoot, he threw he threw his own knees to the head. I think in his debut, right? Mm-hmm. That was awesome. That's okay, that, a lot more fun. Well, so we can skip the like you said, the most boring fight in the Jessica Rose Clark uh, Jocelyn Edwards fight. And if you want to go, you want to talk about the main event now, Marvin Vittori, Paulo Costa. I'll, I was gonna say just a few more, probably. Um, the Alex Caceres fight, obviously, crazy comeback. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie, though. 
I uh, when I was reading the promotion, I thought it was Duho Choi, and then I got realized Doo-hoo. it wasn't Duho Choi, and I was a little upset. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was still excited though. And, like those Korean dudes are savages. There was a I think there was a Korean guy on the uh, prelims. Yeah. Uh, he lost. He had a crazy fight against that Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But oh yeah, Yun Jun Young Park. Got knocked yeah. out by Gregory Rodriguez. Now, that fight was nuts. I was. Like, he, he got, like, freaking Chung, Chung, right? Freaking blitzed him, like, multiple times, and then just started having nothing on the punches, and out of nowhere, this jacked Brazilian just goes pop, pop, <laughs> with a few uppercuts, <laughs> and it's just done. <laughs> well, he said oh Alex Caceres, that's his fifth fight in a row. He's won. His last fight was the Crone Gracie. Back in that Nganu Kane Velasquez card beginning of 2019. But yeah, since then he's been Steven Peterson, Chase Hooper, Austin Springer, Kevin Kroom, and then yeah, Sung Hul Choi. He fights at Featherweight, right? And I don't think yeah. he's ranked. I think it might be time to get him a uh, a ranked opponent. I guess he was supposed to fight Giga Chikan- uh, Chikades. Chikades, something like that. Back last year. <laughs> but now, I mean, Giga's what? He's like almost for a title fight now, isn't he? Think he just so. beat. He just beat. I guess yeah. Giga's scheduled to fight Calvin Cater next at twenty. And beginning That's of right. Of January. So I just saw that. I don't know if you could find like a. I don't know if Dan Ige scheduled anybody. I'm trying to think of someone in the back uh, length of the featherweight ranking. But it's a it's a tough division because we we're talking about off the mic earlier about uh, middleweight being in kind of a shamble right now of yeah. like possible rematches. I'm worried that it's going to be with Featherweight. It's going to be Max Holloway killing everybody yeah. until he gets another title shot with Alexander. And that was going to keep winning. Well, I guess the UFC and... heard me because Alex Caceres is actually ranked 15th right now in the uh, Fantastic. UFC rankings. Hey, thanks for watching, Sean Shelby. We appreciate yes. it. I know, I'm looking at people right above him. I don't. Th- I think an Alex Caceres, like Shane Burgos fight would be fun. Mm-hmm. Alex Caceres, Edson Barbosa. That's not a bad fight. Bryce Mitchell. Oh, dude. Barbosa would kill him, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think <laughs> Maybe. There's, there's some fun fights for Alex Harris. Long time guy. He's been in the UFC for a while. Yeah. I think he won like he was on yeah, he was on the Ultimate Fighter GSP cost check. That's crazy that he's been that long. Yeah, his he's first only... fight was twenty eleven in the UFC. He's still in his twenties though, isn't he? Thirty three. Well thirty three. Okay. Nineteen and twelve. Thirty two fights. Almost a little yeah, like me. Jorge Masvidal career, you know? I'd say very journeyman-ish, but I think he may be getting a resurgence here. Bruce Leroy's coming into his own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say, I, I, if we could fantasy book him next, I don't – I'm without the top of my head. I think a shame – I know it's just they're 14, 15. But I like when they move so, like, when they do, like, the one-spot rankings. You know what I mean? I hate when it's, like, 15, 6. You know what I mean? 15, 6? What do you like mean? Like, when, like, the number, the number 15th guy fights, like, the number 6 ranked guy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I feel like they do that when they want to put a rocket up someone's butt just to shoot into the title. But, like, Alex Cesaris, Shane Burgos, they're 15 and 14, respectively. I think that would be a fun fight. Next, but do... I'm sorry. Burgos is scheduled the next fight. He's scheduled at the next pay-per-view to fight Billy Quarantilio. Okay. We'll, we'll figure something out for him. That, then they're on the same path. If Shane Burgos wins a fight, they're on the same path to fight next. Yeah. And if I were to fantasy book a little bit, to be honest, though, I would have Sean O'Malley go up to featherweight just to fight Alex Caceres. Mm-hmm. Battle the Afros? Battle the Afros, yeah. But no, I just think fighting style would be fun. Sean O'Malley <laughs> not ranked in Bantamweight. I thought he was 15th. Did they take him out of the rankings? 
I don't know. He's just he beats unranked guys right now. It makes sense. He uh, said, "Pay me more, right?" Yeah, I mean, I, like, no, I, I don't it. knock it. I don't knock it. Chael Sonnen philosophy: fight the easiest guy for the biggest paycheck. One hundred percent. Yeah, people can't be shitting on him for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> makes sense for me. I'll fight in the comments about it. <laughs> Why isn't he fighting Kamara Usman? <laughs> <laughs> O'Malley versus Jones right now. <laughs> O'Malley. Versus Israel Adesanya, who the best striker in MMA is right now. Catch weight. <laughs> That's right. I hate these, like, I know I'm going to go on another tangent before we talk about Vittori Costa, but I, I hate, like, these non-MMA promotions. Like, Dana White says he'll never make a fight at this weight class again. And then it said, and it was like the quote Dana White said, I hate catch weight fights. It's like, catch weight's not a weight class, you fucking tard. Right. That's it's the point. Between. That's why he hates catch weights. Is that it's, not, it's not at a weight class. No, like you can't. I mean, you can adjust the weight class rankings based on a catch weight bout, but it's not really right because neither of them are at the weight. <laughs> right. No, I thought at first, like, oh, he's probably gonna say how he, he's not, he's never gonna make a one ninety five weight class, which he probably should, but that's a conversation for something different. Maybe having, but having catch weight fights, they that makes sense. It doesn't do anything. Right. Do you, are, uh, we'll talk about it real quick. Do you think they should have more weight class in UFC? Like one between middleweight and light heavyweight, and then lightweight to welterweight. Uh, there should be something for light heavyweight to heavyweight because it's it is a like even middleweight to light heavyweight is a pretty big gap. It's like twenty pounds, and then after that, heavyweight is just like sixty pounds, <laughs> like uh, at max. Because what it really two oh five is light heavyweight, right? And then two twenty yeah. is heavyweight. Two twenty up. That's right. Yeah, two twenty and up. Two twenty to two sixty five is a cap, right? Yeah. That's, I, 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 that's crazy. I gotta take the Joe Rogan approach on this, but it should just be as heavy as you can get at heavyweight. I think it'd be a lot more fun that way. So you can have Francis not cutting weight. Yeah. <laughs> Francis at three hundred and twenty pounds fighting four hundred pound Derek Lewis who just eats all the food. <laughs> Bring Butterbean back. Put him in the heavyweight. Bring it back. Let's do it. I'm down, dude. Pride never die. Pride never <laughs> dies. But no, we'll talk about so we we'll talk about weight cutting. Yeah. So before we get into the Vittori Costa fight, we'll talk. Uh, so not even a week before the event, right? The Tuesday of the fight week last week, they had that amazing Brett Okamoto interview, where Costa said he couldn't make weight, and I love when Vittori's like, "What weight are you at?" And he's like, "Why are you worried about my weight?" What's my weight worried? He's like, why are you worried about my weight? And he's like, we have a fight on Saturday at 185. He's like, why are you worried? Why are you scared? You say you fight me at any weight. Why are you worried about my weight? <laughs> I love how crazy Paul Costa is. He has no attachment to reality whatsoever. Right now, I think uh, one of the commentators said it best that Paulo, I think it's Paul Felder saying like Paulo's working this heel gimmick right now. It's just he's bad. He- it's not even heel. I don't know. It's like X-Pot heat at this point. It's like, it's like, we just don't like you, man. It's seven McMahon heat. <laughs> Dude, it's rough. Like, I kind of, I kind of dig it though. I do, I do like the uh, a character development. Yeah. But I, here's the thing about Paulo. I never saw him as a good guy. I remember I saw him fight Uriah Hall, and Uriah Hall was winning that fight. I don't care what anyone says. And then he hit Uriah twice in the dick, and then won the fight. So <laughs> he's a racer. He don't know the rules. Those Brazilians don't know the rules. They're feeding. They're feeding buses carrots, man. Yes, sir. Like what? 
<laughs> what a fall from grace, though, Paulo Costa. Was he 13-0 and heading the Adesanya fight and then two losses in a row? Yeah, I mean, he got he got butt-humped by Izzy and then <laughs> never really recovered from he it. Drunk, too much he wine. was drunk, he was drunk. <laughs> too much wine. But Izzy I do keeps. like... I do like the idea of Paul Costa light heavyweight, though. It needs to happen. Like I think Dana White, I guess, said in the post-fight press conference that his next fight would have to be a light heavyweight. Yeah. But then I saw Valid, his manager, say it was just uh, he wants him to fight at 185 again. But no, Acosta 205 would be so good. It'd be okay. It would have to be someone his size though, because he's got T-Rex arms. Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't think he could beat Jan. But, no, Jan would kill him. But just then, try out the old faithful out there. Put uh, put OSP up against uh, Paulo Costa. Let Paulo Costa knock out Ovin St. Prue <laughs> again. <laughs> again? Did that happen I meant like, before? I meant like get OSP get knocked out again. Oh, oh, uh, it'd be definitely a lot more of an even fight, I would think. Yeah. But I thought I thought the same thing with Izzy and Jan, and I was completely wrong. It was even for the first couple rounds. I think, was, I think that fight's close to people think. I think Izzy not gaining weight. I mean, Jan just because Jan didn't really rock him, right? Like they're pretty yeah. even, and then Jan. I mean, Jan hit him with ground. Not like not like Jan laid on him. I'm not trying to mean like disparagingly. Right. He was hitting ground and pound on him. Izzy just couldn't do anything on the ground against Jan. He was too big. Yeah, it was. Uh, and Izzy, honestly, right off the bat, when he wasn't doing his traditional taunting, I knew he was fucked. Like, it, like he he didn't have the same confidence that he normally has in middleweight. Yeah, I think he got in there. He that. got in there and realized Jan's like forty pounds on him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh shit! <laughs> I just do. Because <laughs> he went in <laughs> under. He was what like two hundred for the weigh-ins, right? Uh, roughly. I think I remember a video. He said he was like at one ninety six, one ninety seven. Yeah, I know. He so said he, he didn't cut him. any weight. He just went in uh-huh. at weight. He just worked out. And, and you know Jan was at least like 220 in the night of the fight. Probably. <laughs> Jan's Dude, good, man. Jan's good. You know, I never gave Jan credit until he won the title. I'll give him that. Uh, he was at heavyweight first, right? Jan? No, I think he's always at light heavyweight. Well, I thought he was a light heavyweight. Like, giving, he said like a 220 natural. We're getting my man Vittori. Talking about not giving credit. We've skipped all over Marvin Vittori. Yeah, Marvin Vittori, <laughs> I mean, won the fight, right? 48-46. We had a... Like we said, the I poke Costa lost a point in round two. Uh-huh. Like off the first I poke, right? Well, I mean, he was giving warnings about covering your fingers up, but the second the first I poke happened, Herzog took the point from Costa. Well, it was good. It Which was, really I mean, good. I'm I'm thinking that's like you need to do that. Yeah, I'll keep, cause it'll, it'll keep people from having their hands in. Yeah, honestly, like I would like, man, I I can't I can't stop sounding like a pride dick writer here, but I love the card system. Yep. <laughs> the yellow card, red card. Like, there's a yellow, that's a point deduction. Do it again. You're going to get disqualified. Mm-hmm. Like, and then the fighters will keep their fucking hands closed. Yep. Not hard. And then, I mean, Vittori, talk about a guy that's just a tough guy. A guy that I'm so, like, I don't hate Vittori. I'm definitely not, like, he's just so, he's there, right? Right. And, like, it was, so Vittori took, like, there, I think it was round two or three where Costa, like, hit Vittori with, like, a clean head kick. Clean punt, like a clean uppercut, and Vittori just kept going forward. Just it ate him. Nuts. Yeah. I, so Vittori is one of those guys I didn't know about until he fought Izzy. I'll admit. I maybe it's not first super Izzy fight or the second fight? This recent uh, the one? The second one. The second one, yeah. You didn't watch the you didn't watch the Marvin Vittori where he starts Jack Hermanson? No. Uh the only like the only time I think the only Izzy fight I saw was against Brunson. 
And then I think I skipped over the Vittori fight. And, yeah, he did his thing. Vittori, <laughs> yeah, he's never been a guy I ever really thought about. And then, of course, the one fight I saw him, he was just trying to hold Izzy against the fence and not getting anywhere with it. And then got his oil checked and lost the fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and th- but then like he came out with some as like some loudmouth Italian dude just spitting off crap and then getting one up. I won the fight. <laughs> right. And then he has this. He he becomes the hero here. He's taking fights against some Brazilian asshole that keeps changing the weight classes on him. He doesn't care. He just wants to punch him in the face. Yeah. And he he pretty much saves the event by just sticking with it and wins the fight. So oh, yeah. he went from some annoying asshole to like a blue collar hero, like seemingly overnight to me. <laughs> I agree. Like, yeah. Bator was a guy like, because definitely after like, he, only up to the first Izzy fight, right? He claimed that he's beat Izzy because their first fight was a split decision win for, for Adesanya. So the whole lead up to the first, the second Izzy fight was just Bator being this like unranked guy. He didn't get ranked to like he beat Jack Hermanson when he was like fifteenth, and then yeah, fought, and then beat Kevin Holland, and then fought for the title. And it was just all like, oh, this guy like he. He claimed he beat Izzy, so Izzy came, shut him up again, basically. And then I was like, "What's what to do with Marvin Tori now, right? Like, what's he do?" And then he comes out and kind of like dominates Paulo Costa. Uh, well, for the most part, yeah. But I mean, Paulo, Paulo's one of those weird guys, right? Like, I think the fights with him are normally kind of slow off the bat. He might land a really hard body kick, really hard head kick, leg mm-hmm. kick. His rear kicks are insane, and then once he hurts someone, that's when the blitz be- uh, begins, and that's typically the end of the fight. But what was happening was Vittori wasn't. I think Vittori may have only got rocked once or twice. Yeah, and it got once rocked once somewhere in the middle of the fight. And I think round five was Paulo's. Yeah, he was just fucking him up in round five. Yep. And yeah, Vittori survived and won the fight. It was, it was good shit. It was a good fight. And so looking at like I'm looking at the rankings right now. So Adesanya and Rob are gonna fight next. Sadly. And then you have Vittori who's at two. And then three, four, Canier is gonna Canier and Brunson are scheduled to fight, right? And I think the winner mm-hmm. of that they're gonna fight for the title next. Then you have Very Paula Costa at five, who Vittori just beat. You have Jack Hermanson at six, who like I said, Vittori beat last November, so you're not gonna run that back. I don't think Hermanson's fought since then. Mm-hmm. Or he's fought yeah, he beat Edmund Shabazi and he's fought once, but still like they're not doing like a rematch that soon. I guess you have Sean Strickland fighting them, like you said, the murderer, Sean Strickland. <laughs> at seven, I mean, Darren Till's at eight, but he's out for a while. I mean, if you're retired, you fight Kelvin Gastelum. Honestly, I would have just liked to see uh, Vittori fight Whitaker, because I still don't think Whitaker should get a title shot right now. I think, but that one, like that's one, like I agree. I think that's already booked, right? Adesanya mm. Whitaker, that's going to be February. I think Vittori's next fight will be, if Israel wins, I think we'll see Vittori fight Rob. And then yeah, R- yeah. R- he'll fight the loser of Kenner Brunson. But then it's like, is Vittori going to get a third fight against Izzy? Like, how long until he gets his another title shot? Like, Whittle is so weird. It's a tough one. Because um, if Rob loses, I don't think he's going to get a title shot again. Like, especially with no. Izzy as a chance. You're not doing a three-peat. No, and he he did horrible in welterweight, so it wouldn't be a smart to go down weight class. He said he can't move up. Mm-hmm. I think Costa's gonna move up, but it's like, especially if Ken, if like, the best best bet for the UFC right is Cannonier beats Brunson. Mm-hmm. Then you have Cannonier beat Izzy. 
you have Izzy officially move up to light heavyweight, right? I mean, maybe. And I don't then, know if I would if I were him. Or if you have Cannon be champion, because then you can then you can do like, not that I want to see it, but then you can do Vittori Cannoneer, right? Or you can do Rob Cannoneer again. I know they fought. They just fought in September of 2020, right? So. Did Robert Whitaker and Drake Cannoneer fight? Yeah, they fought in the Khabib card, and Whitaker beat him. Damn. Because Rob lost the belt, and then he beat Till Cannoneer and Gastelum. And then now he's fighting Uh-oh. for the belt again. I guess beating up three killers like that would make sense. And it was like, it was funny because every time they fight, Izzy's like, the, if they beat Rob, they can fight for the belt, and then Rob would beat him. Uh-huh. He's like, if Till beats Rob, I'll fight him. And then Rob beats him. He's like, well, Kanir beats Rob, I'll fight him. Rob beats him. He's like, yeah, if Kelvin beats Rob, I'll fight Kelvin again. Dude, I'm t- I'm telling you, Luke Rockhold needs to go on a chill sun and tangent on ESPN and shoot up to a title shot against Izzy. And if he loses, he should go up. Well, I, w- I would have said... This was controversial. I thought Luke Rockhold could beat John Jones at light heavyweight, but hey, uh, Jan Blachowicz knocked the lights out of Luke Hart. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I was hoping maybe he could beat John Jones, not Jan, though. Uh, <laughs> as weird as that sounds, stylistically wouldn't work. But I think maybe John Jones. So I think I know maybe the answer to this question real quick before we move on to 267. Do you think yeah. John Jones loses to Ngannou if they ever do that fight? Honestly, betting against Francis in any fight's a bad idea. Because or just betting in general, because it's really hard to tell. Like, it makes sense. The way to go is to, you know, keep your distance and work work the range. Stay out of the stay out of brawls and try to take the fight to the ground. Yeah. But that's easy. Obviously, easier said than done. The dude's built like a brick house. He do, he doesn't get rocked, and he's one punch away from victory. But have you all seen the, the time. Have you seen the videos of two seventy five John Jones though? Uh, well, how big he is? Yeah, he was like two hundred seventy pounds right now. It's like ripped. Is he 270 right you now? You can see the clip. Like, he's been working out with his brother, the one that plays football, right? He's like one of the best football players in the league. Right, but he's 270? Like, he's 275, like, running on a treadmill. Just jacked out of his mind. Jesus Christ. They said he wanted to, like, they want him to, he's bulking up. That's why he took all this time off, apparently. Yeah, he was saying he wants, I, I remember, I think, Chell Sonnen talking about that. I think he said, John said he wanted to get the 275, and Chell was like, did someone tell John that the weight class is 265? But, you know, whatever. <laughs> So I'm just gonna remember this real quick before we. Wait, this is the last thing I promise. We'll talk about 267. But like, so just real quick, I'm gonna give you. I'm just gonna run through the top four, or one, two, th- the top five at heavyweight, and you tell me if John Jones wins or loses. You ready? Okay. Curtis Blades. Wins. Derek Lewis. Wins. Stipe. Close win. Split decision win. Surreal gone. Loses. And Ganu. Mm. I'm gonna say wins. Wow. Yeah. Do you think Cyril Gon's the best heavyweight? Do you think he beats Ngannou? Because I he do. Can. I do. I he's believe, got. I believe Cyril Gon beats Ngannou. I think Ngannou got... lives the UFC. You think so? Just done. I think he goes boxing. He's did not. He said he wants money, and he hates the the UFC. Disrespected him. Um. Yeah, I think Cyril Gunn right now is everything that Francis isn't. Like, he's got Francis's size, power, and everything like that, but he's got the highly graded Muay Thai background, and his grappling has just improved tremendously over the mm-hmm. short period of time he's been doing this. Like like I said, but again, with Francis, it just takes one. That's the only problem. You know, you, right. like he, he, you face someone like uh, Rosenstrick, 
and just knocks him out in the first 10 seconds of the helicopter spin. You know, it's just, yeah. you don't know. <laughs> it's a whirlwind. You have to survive. It's like, he's like Shane Carwin, but bigger. You yeah, know? but in shape. <laughs> and in shape. No five-hour energies for this guy. The crazy thing about Cyril Gone though, is what really makes me think he'll beat Francis is he got hit by a clean Derek Lewis punch and ate it and didn't get rocked, just walked forward. That's crazy. Fran- Francis did? No, Cyril Gone did. And the, oh. the title fight. Like no, he had it, he was like he had it when it was like I mean he dominated the whole fight, but he was like he was like hitting Lewis in the gut and Derek Lewis hit him with a clean like right uh right hook. And Cyril Gone just took it and like kneed him in the gut. And That's I was like scary. and I was like, Okay, he's beating he's beating Fran. No one's beating Cyril Gone. Cyril Gone's a monster. But yeah, no Derek Lewis is technically the last person to beat Francis, technically. That's true. But We've we've gone on we went off topic you know we went on we went on tangent but you know that's how we do here at the Nerds of Night it's our first MMA podcast give us some breaks now <laughs> we're gonna move in to our two sixty seven preview like I said this is a free fight night it's like not not free fight night the free pay per view free numbered event two title fights a card that would normally be seventy five bucks I hate that it's that much now because <laughs> the next week after this is the Usman Covington two card which is an, uh, another outstanding card. Uh-huh. UFC 268. So they decided the UFC, somewhere in the the deep recesses of Dana White's heart, decided to give us a freebie. You never, th- I never thought I'd see the day Dana White give us a handout. I'll say since the TJ and Henry Cejudo fight, I think that was the first ESPN card that was free. Yep. But now we move in. We'll start with the last prelim, or the yeah, the prelim main event: Amanda Hebos versus Verna Janaroba. Who do you think wins this fight? What kind of fight do you see in this fight, Garrett? Uh, they're both obviously high-level, uh, not judo, uh, jiu-jitsu players. Uh, I do think Amanda does obviously have the slightly better striking advantage. I mean, mm-hmm. after watching Vernana face... Ah, uh, oh, fuck. Was that Amanda? No, no. Is it Amanda? Mackenzie no. Dern? Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. Neither of them could strike some shit. <laughs> but uh, she still lost striking exchange against Mackenzie. And I do think Amanda would have the advantage in that department. But when it comes to the ground, both of them very scrambly. And I think it, it really just comes down to, like, I'm not going to say luck because in jiu-jitsu there's not really a whole lot of luck. It's always normally skill-based. But I think we will see who the better grapplers in that fight. And obviously I think Amanda is the has the most star potential. Yeah. So you kind of hope she wins. But Fernanda, man, she can pull out an upset any day of the week. Yeah, it's the... Uh, Amanda is number 10 ranked in the women's straw rate, and Verna is uh, 12. If you just want to do quick MMA math, Amanda beat Mackenzie Dern, who beat Verna. So That's true. So by that logic, Verna Jandaroba should win the fight. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but now, yeah, uh, Boss coming off her second loss. She lost to Marina Rodriguez. We probably should be fighting for a belt here soon. I feel like it's straw weight. Oh, you would think so. With the Rose thing right now. Yeah, because if Rose, I mean, then you got Carlos Sparza who's waiting, who just beat uh, Marina Rodriguez, but hasn't has been waiting for a title shot. I don't. know. I'm so mad at UFC. They need to get this stuff figured out. And then Verna, who's coming off a win of Kanoko Murata, arm injury, uh-huh. who just lost to Mackenzie Dern two fights ago in December. Now, about Rose, though, and the Carla Sparza, I got to say, that's a story right there because Carla she beat her. beat Rose. Yeah. yeah. Ultimate fighter. I think uh, Carla's already 
they already said she'll fight the winner of Rose and uh, Zhang Wei Li. That makes me really hope Rose wins. I'm sure she will. Uh, I do like Wei Ling, but I'm sure Rose will win. And yeah, I really want to see that fight against Carlos Barza. They need to do, or they should do. I know it's not Marina Rodriguez. Just fight Joanna. Fight Joanna Janjacek while we wait, and then the winner of you two could fight the winner of Carla versus uh, whoever wins the title fight next week. Hey, there we go. Joanna just got removed from the strawweight rankings, so yep. I guess she's pretty open right now. And then we'll move up to the first fight on the main card, light heavyweight, uh, Magomed mm-hmm. and Kalaya versus Volkan Ozdemir. Uh, Magomed uh. is the number seven ranked light heavyweight, as Volkan is number eight. Somehow Volkan is still the number eight ranked lightweight. Has not fought since July 2020, where he lost to Yuri Prohaska. Yes. Magomed is on a what? A one, two, three, four, five, six fight winning streak. Um, the only reason I know Volcan is because of his fight with DC for the title, and that's why he's he's the only recognizable face for me on this match. I do know uh, uh, Magomed a little bit, but not a whole lot. And all I do know is since that loss against DC, Volcan has been on a downward spiral. And like you said, I don't know how he's still number eight. Uh, but it shows I you how really bad think... light heavyweight is. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> uh, but I do think Volcan gets starched. Yeah, I think and, uh, I think Magomed. It's a first or second round knockout. Oh, yeah. I mean, Avis six wins in a row. Only two have been by decisions. Uh, a lot of them are early knockouts too. Like three, yes. three of the last six have been first round knockouts. One third round knockout. So, I think Magomed gets the win. I don't think it's close. I don't know how Vol. I don't know how Vulcan's still in the UFC, let alone still number eight. But next. I love when they do this. They put, like, a fight that everyone's excited for, and they go back with a fight no one cares about. So, for the fight everyone's excited for at welterweight, we have Li Zhangling, the leech, mm-hmm. versus Hazmat Shemaev. Yeah, buddy. Kazmat's um, back, baby. Kazmat, Hazmat is back. <laughs> uh, I think Hamsit wins. I, I know that's not an unpopular opinion, but I think, I think it's closer. I think it's going to be, like, Honestly, I could see like a decision because the leech is strong, man. He's a tough guy. I can see a serious scrap because if Li Zhang's the one I'm thinking of here, uh, dude, he's a he's a scrappy boxer, man. He goes yeah, in guy, there. He just knocked out uh, Ponce and Nibib- Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked and that's not out. an easy feat either. Either so. And Kashmat's not afraid to throw hands clearly. Yeah. He lost to Neil Magny, but Neil Magny is like a. Freaking Neil Magny's got a lot of wins at welterweight. He's fought a lot of tough guys. Yeah, when Neil Magny shows up, you don't know what you're gonna get, man. You that get, guy just pulled a win out of his ass. Right, you get good Neil Magny. You get Neil Magny that just wants to like <laughs> hold you against the cage for 25 minutes. Yeah, so they both will show up. But uh, the leech has never <laughs> been knocked out. He got uh got a standing rear naked choke way back in 2015 by Kita Nakamura, but has never been knocked out. Of course, Hazmat is undefeated. We all know about him. Mm. Anything, brother. I knock him all out, brother. <laughs> I love his press conference. I eat. I, he said, "What's gonna happen with the fight, Hasmat? I'll eat him, brother. Anything, brother. Hey. I don't care. I kill Dude, him. Dude, anyone like Kashmat's originally from Dagestan, correct? And then uh, moved to Sweden. I'm looking it up now. Russian born. Okay. Born in Chechnya, so not Dagestan. Chechnya. But Close, yeah. but not quite. <laughs> trains with the great. 
Alexander Gustafsson, the mauler. Yeah, buddy. But is it? Yeah, lives in Sweden, trains in Sweden. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's in his blood, man. I think he's got to be. He, I think he might be a double champ one day. I think he might even beat Izzy. Bro, I, God, he, Hasma's so good. He really is. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the whole COVID fiasco hasn't affected him too much. He retired, didn't he? Didn't he try to retire because he said he was just so he's, sick? Yeah, he, it was bad. It was really, really bad. He's supposed I to fight Leon Edwards. He's supposed to fight Leon Edwards before he got COVID. I can tell you from experience, that shit's debilitating. I can only imagine it from an athlete's yep. standpoint, especially with cutting weight. Oh. Like, a uh, whole story with, um, uh, my name's slipping my name now. It's name slipping my name, so it's slipping my brain. Aspen Ladd cutting uh, weight? No, not Aspen. Uh, um, wow. <laughs> brain. It'll, it'll come back uh, to Phantom him. weight. It'll come back Phantom to weight. Uh, boxer top five. Why am I struggling here? You got it. Stay with us, Garrett. You got it. I'm breaking down. <laughs> uh, I keep thinking uh, Garbrandt, Cody Garbrandt. Yes, yeah, yeah, Cody Garbrandt. Jesus, that was embarrassing. But anyway, yeah, Cody Garbrandt. He uh, got the COVID, and he, he was doing a test cut to flyweight, which I guess he's got a fight in flyweight coming up here too. Um, yeah, what's I got? I think that's uh, yeah, that's on the December card. He's fighting uh, the dude from the city kickboxing guy. Oh yeah, awesome. Hold on uh, quick. but what are you looking at? Uh, but Cody, he got uh, COVID, and he ended up getting ruptured veins or whatever when he was trying to cut weight, doing a test weight to fly weight, test cut to fly weight. So that's some scary shit. Yeah, I, I hope, like you said, I hope Hazmat's fine. I hope he's good. Like, yeah, Cody's fighting. Uh, oh God, what's his name? I just saw it. Kai Car France uh, in December. France. I don't know if I've heard of him, but I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think I think Hosmo wins. I don't know if it's gonna be. I mean, watch we say this and he knocks him out like he did Gerald Moshart in the first the first punch of the first <laughs> in the first round. Which right. is a tough guy. I think it's gonna be a tough fight. I still think it's by finish. I just think it's not gonna be as dominant as we've seen Hosmot, but I still uh-huh. think he gets to win. And like I said, now we get a fight that I don't think anyone cares about. Alexander Volkov at heavyweight versus Marcin Tybora. No, that's not fair. I do love Alexander Volkov. I and... do love Volkov, too, with the back tat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, he looks pretty out of shape right now. But <laughs> at the same time, he honestly has no problem beating anybody at that division. Obviously, he's shown that he can yes, really mess up anybody. Alistair Overeem. He did, and he would have beaten Derek Lewis if his balls weren't hot. So it was, <laughs> dude. Dude's always a contender. Yeah, uh, Volkov coming off a loss to Suragan, who we just talked about. We think both think is maybe the best heavyweight. And then yeah. before that, not nah, uh, you said TKO'd Overeem and Walt Harris. Then you have Marcin Tybura, who's on a five fight win streak, beating Walt Harris and Greg Hardy, who they both yeah, have poor. mutual wins over. Or Walt Harris, man. Yeah, well, Harris he cannot catch a break. Had Overeem hurt in the first round, and honestly, the fight maybe could have been, should have been stopped. But then Overeem came back, knocked him out in the second round. It's been three straight knockouts, losses for him. Yeah, knocked out by Overeem, yeah, but, Volkov, and Tybor all knocked him out. Dude, that fight was that was right after. I don't remember if his his daughter was reported kidnapping or maybe it was already reported. It was, uh, it was right. It was old. right after. 
And that obviously everyone wanted Walhurst to win that fight. I think even Alistair Overeem a little bit wanted Walhurst to win that fight. And then all of a sudden, at like almost 40 years old, if not 40 years old, Alistair Overeem grew a chin and was able to <laughs> take the ground and pound and came back and won the fight. If Overeem, the like, that run for Alistair, though, like, if Rosenstrike doesn't knock him out with, like, one second left, you know, if they just let that fight go a little bit, then he's on a five-fight win streak, you know what I mean? Yeah, I Alistair was on a tear. They're probably throwing Alistair Stipe rematch in there at some point. You know what I mean? He probably sneaks right. in. Right. I think Alistair's going to glory right now. Well, he was Impressive. yeah. He was supposed to fight the glory fight that just happened. He was supposed to fight in that card, and then he pulled out with some kind of injury. Damn. He was supposed to fight for the glory title. But oh, I think Alex has problems. I think Alex gets a fight. I like Volkov a lot. I think Alexander gets a fight and sits there in heavyweight purgatory with everyone ahead of him <laughs> he's already lost to, and everyone below mm. him is already beat. But I mean, they'll yeah. probably do. I think Volkov wins this fight, then you do Volkov, Tom Aspinall. There, there you go. There's my booking. See, I'm trying to think like on average day, it's showing Volkov is average like 250 pounds. Do you think he can cut down to a five? No chance. <laughs> no, no chance. chance. Volkov he's, is he's so dead big. He's like seven foot. He's like so crazy. He's six foot seven, dude. Yeah, he's he's there. I mean, I don't know. Is former it like a Bellator Bell- thing? Former Bellator heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. There you go. We do. We run Fedor out one last time. He just won Fedor Alexander Volkov in Russia. Right now, let's make it happen. UFC Bellator co-promotion event. Fedor versus Volkov. Fedor versus Volkov. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now we get into. Three gigantic fights. This is still boggling my mind that these are on free fights. Even though, like, Hazmat fighting on a free fight is crazy, but these three free. Uh, at lightweight, Islam Makachev versus Dan the Hangman Hooker. Um, oy, oy, dude. It pains me to say it. I think Islam will win. Yeah. But I love Dan Hooker so much. He's one of my favorite fighters. I was going to say same. Top five, dude. Like, and all of his knee knockouts are just freaking just a, stunning to watch. I love his striking overall, and he's such a well-rounded dude. Yeah. And I think Michael Chandler did him dirty. That being said, so. Islam has been knocked out before. He got knocked out by Adrian Martins on the uh, on the DC Gustafson uh, title fight. Yeah, one time. He got starched, but since then, just unstoppable. I wonder what Dan Hooker we're going to get, right? If we get the Dan Hooker from, like, the – the one that was like starching Dustin Poirier in the first two rounds of that fight. Uh he was saying that he gets he does better in fights back to back, and this would be a uh, fight back to back for him. Because he knows Islam's gonna shoot right. Like if he could hit Islam yeah. with a knee, he's so big, yeah. right? But are we gonna get Dan Hooker from the Michael Chandler fight that just looks like he's out of it? You know what I mean? It's tough because he's he's facing wrestlers, you know. Obviously, you don't want to get taken down. That's what happened in the Michael Chandler fight. Kept his hands low. Chandler was working, he was, keeping his posture yeah. low, and then bam, caught him with the shot. And you look who he's lost him. to. He lost to lost to Michael Chandler. Lost to Dustin Poirier, which was a pretty like as a like he, it was close to the beginning. Like he, he was he won the first two rounds pretty handily. Dustin Poirier almost finished. Got too him. excited. Almost, he got too excited. Yeah, he emptied his gas tank out, blew his wad, trying to knock him out in that second round. Mm-hmm. And then you look at his loss losses, Edson Barbosa. Uh-huh. And Yara, that fight you shouldn't have put in to begin with. Yeah, Yara Rodriguez, but that's at 145, which he probably shouldn't have been fighting at 145 to begin with. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't think it's right to count Dan Hooker's featherweight bouts because that's no. clearly not 
with right Dan Hooker. I said, but yeah, the loss Edson, he probably shouldn't have took. And then since then, I mean, he beat Ally Quinta, who's a wrestler. Had a good fight against Paul Felder. Yeah. So. Uh, he's. It's very possible that Dan Hooker's just always that one moment away. He's already a star, in my opinion. He could be if he won a title easily. If Dan Hooker wins the fight, though. I mean, you talking about like Dan Hooker fighting like a top five lightweight. I mean, he's already number six. Yeah. I would. Uh, I would almost say get a rematch with maybe Michael Chandler, but that's tough considering the Gaethje fight up on the horizon. Excuse me. Yeah, because that's next week. Well, just actually, that's actually perfect timing, right? I think that's what's best for, because I think the winner of the Gagey Chandler fight, right? The winner of that fight will fight the winner of Poirier and Oliveira. Yeah, that's in fair. December. So I think if you're Dan Hooker, you fight the loser of Gagey Chandler. Yeah, I would say so. Because Connor's and... Connor's not fighting anytime soon with a broken leg, or broken ankle, whatever it is. Uh-huh. Tony Ferguson, like. I don't Might know. be fighting Nate. Nate, yeah, but Neil Daryush in there, and he's top. He's like number, I think number four, number five. So maybe for Dan Hooker, you win this, you fight Benil. But could you imagine Justin Gaethje versus Dan Hooker? Oh my god, that would be. <laughs> I'm excited, man. You get you say these things, they just get me so excited. I can hype up an event, man. Let's get it. So I think that's what happens. I think, I think if you Dan, Dan Hooker fights the loser of the Gagey Chandler fight, they're. Mm-hmm. Their times are – but then we also don't know what the, the training situation is, right? Like, he's outside New Zealand. We don't right. know when he's going to be able to go back. So, maybe he takes this fight. He Maybe he's stuck in limbo for another couple months. We might not see him for to like, next summer. Yeah, depending how this fight goes, it could be a really long, grindy fight or it could be really quick. It all just depends on just how the fight goes. You and know? if Islam if wins, fight. Islam's number five. They want Islam to fight for a belt. If Islam wins, yeah. then he might jump – he might jump Gagey Chan. Especially if Chandler wins. Like, if Gagey... <sighs> yeah, UFC's got a hard-on for Michael Chandler, so... Islam uh... will probably fight the winner of Gagey Chandler, honestly, for the belt, depending on how, cause how it goes, you know what I mean? Or just have him skip, skip straight to the belt. I mean, could you imagine Islam versus Charlie Olives? <laughs> Olivera beats him. <laughs> I love Charlie Olives. Olivera beats him. Olivera looks <laughs> to the fuck out of Islam Makachev. But that being said, I think, I think Islam's going to win. And I think, yeah, we'll see, like, the May event. It'll be, like, the May pay-per-view next year, Islam versus Dustin Poirier for the belt. You know what? I wouldn't put money on it, but wishful thinking, I'll say Dan Hooker wins the fight. Oh, I I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> next. Too. I always got to root for the hangman. Um, I just talked all about that card, but this is – I think the Islam-Dan Hooker fight is my most anticipated fight because I love them. I love Dan Hooker so much. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this can be the best fight on the card, and I'm just gonna. This might be the fight of the year. Petrion and Petrion versus Corey Sanhagen for the bantamweight for the interim bantamweight championship. Ooh, buddy, that's gonna God, be it's gonna something. be so good. They don't none of none of them wrestle, right? Like they they Petrion takedown, but he does not. He's not a wrestler. You know what I mean? Right. And it's a Muay Thai was... guy, and Corey Sanhagen's a striker. He's got that jujitsu though, that wild jujitsu. I think Sanhagen wins. Sanhagen knocks him out, third round. So, how much EA Sports UFC four do you play? A lot. So you were telling me P- Petr Jan's gonna lose to Corey Sanhagen? Yes, hundred percent. I can't see it happening. You said, <laughs> so based off Petr- my UFC four gameplay, uh, no. <laughs> Petr's a Terminator. He can't hey, be stopped. according to UFC four, two Paul Costa should never lose a fight. That man hits you one time, you're rocked. 
Nah, bro. No one ever plays as Paulo Costa. I want to, though. The computer does. I'll tell you that. On my, yeah, shit. on my mic career, they knocked the fuck out of me with Paula Costa. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that that late that uh, late notice fight where he does like a hundred percent more damage for some reason. For, he hits you like the first punch. He hit me in the first round. I forgot to. I was trying to. He looked like he I just didn't block. It was the first punch. He faked out the glove tap with me. My thing's already. I'm already seeing stars. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Restart. Restart. Come on. But no. <laughs> I think it's a guy. I, don't, I mean, I don't think he knocks him out. This is gonna be a great fight. I think it's probably gonna go all five rounds. It's gonna be a crazy pace. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see crazy stuff. We're gonna see a jumping knee from San Hagen. We're gonna see some spinning kicks. 100%. Jan's gonna do one of those sick takedowns where he like just trips him when he stands straight up. When he did the allergy man, I was going crazy. It was a beat trip. <laughs> I love how we talked about the illegal knee, but like. Peter Yan was trying to head stomp him, too, on that fight. If you go back and watch the Yan uh, yeah. fight, he was, like, <laughs> he doing down kicks. I was like, bro, he's going to kill him. He's <laughs> trying to kill Aljamain Sterling. What did Aljamain do to him? <laughs> Peter yeah, Yan is a racist. I see it. He hates Aljamain. <laughs> but, no, uh, that's gonna that's a great fight. Uh, my heart wants Peter wants Corey Sanhagen to win. I just love him so much. Mm-hmm. But Pyrion's uh, good too, man. Like this is like we talk about Ben White being stacked with killers. These are two definite killers. It is a little upsetting though because it should be TJ and Peter, but TJ's out for surgery right yeah, now. Yeah, of course. I thought Corey Sanhagen won the TJ fight though. Did you Did you watch the fight? I did. I actually went out of my way to watch that one. I thought TJ still won. Oh no! I know it's. I scored it for Corey. Like, Corey did great at the beginning, but TJ took over the fight. But the, like, I that's... mean, the winner's going to fight TJ, right? Because we don't have no idea when Sterling's coming back. I don't think Sterling comes back anytime soon. But I am the, no, winner, he... of this will, the winner of this will fight TJ Dillashaw. Definitely. Like, Al Jermaine's crossing his fingers hoping Corey wins this fight. So, we can't let that happen. Oh, yeah. Peter Yan wins, <laughs> and then we're going to get Peter Yan TJ. Could you imagine that fight? He's so fun. Oh, it'd be disgusting. <laughs> I'd love to see that fight. And then... To... Like I said, we already know we fancy booked it out forward. The winner of this fight will fight TJ because I don't think Sterling's coming back anytime soon. Uh-uh. No, I wouldn't either. And then if San Hagen loses, I mean the loser. I'm trying. I got to think about who's at bantamweight right now. Well, I mean Rob. Fight, yeah, Rob Font, Jose Aldo fighting. So I think the loser of this oh, fight, loser of this fight fights Rob Font, Jose Aldo. I could see that. Yeah, and San Hagen is number three right now. So, very, very, very possible. And, of course, Pacquiao is number one, so you're not losing a lot by losing to him. But, right. Uh, except for the interim belt, of course. But, uh, definitely, yeah, I forgot about that Jose Aldo Rob fought. That's going to be so fun. But then I could also see one of those two just trying to hold off for a title shot. You know what I mean? If you're Rob Font and you're like, I beat Jose Aldo and Cody Garbrandt back-to-back, let me fight for a title. Yeah, probably would. I don't know Rob Font that well personally or even professionally. I only, so I, I honestly yeah. know him. I didn't know who he was until like, and I watch, I've been watching pretty consistently since like 2018 nonstop. And then I didn't know really who he was until he fought. He knocked out Marvin Marais. And then when he fought, oh. cause I watched that yeah. card cause I was, well, Wonder Boy was fighting and I love Wonder Boy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, when he knocked out, when he fought Cody, I was like, okay, this guy's for real. Yeah, jab the fuck out. I mean, of before him. that, I mean, he was fighting Ricky Simone and Sergio Pettis. Like he was fighting once a year. Like he took. Yeah. He didn't fight from. He took. Didn't fight from December 2018 all the way to December ni- 2019, and then didn't fight again until December 2020. So he hasn't been the most active guy, Rob Font. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. And of course, you know, I said the fight against Cody was the first exposure I had to Rob Font, at least that I could remember. I don't know if he's just more frequent on fight night cards than pay-per-view cards. Yeah, but, I think he's yeah. not been on a pay-per-view. Let me look again. Yeah, he's... His last review he was on was UFC 226, which was the first DC Sleep Bay fight. Oh, wow. So I might have seen him fight. But that's only been four fights ago. Like, he's fought <laughs> three fights since 2018, and it was one in 2019, one in 2020, one in 2021. I know he's mostly a boxer. Does he take a lot of damage in his fights? He, well, he knocked out Marlon so quick. I did not watch the Ricky Simone fight, so like honestly, I don't. I can't tell you. I think he just had. Thing I was reading, he had a lot of training injuries. I'm going back and look. No, that's never good. And then I think he said he took 2020 off because of COVID. He didn't want to fight. He was waiting for the right time. Of course. Uh, yeah, that's not good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rely heavily on Rob Font then, because I know a lot of guys who get injured a lot in training. Either they're probably either training too hard or they're just got some serious brutal bone syndrome. Yeah. You know, like Ain Velasquez comes to mind immediately. I just know Rob Font. He trains with the same gym from Calvin Cater that he trains from, the Boston Mafia gym. Gotcha. And Cater's a beast too in his own right, but yeah, Rob. I don't know. Even if Rob were to beat Jose Aldo, I don't think he beats Sanhagen or Yan. Or even TJ. And Sanhagen's got, like, the one thing that excites me, and, like, not really excite. I guess excite me is the right word, is Sanhagen, he's got these long for division, right? Like, he's five foot eleven. He's a big boy. He's my height. John's 5'7", <laughs> so it's really not that. It's only a 3'8 reach, but I think Rob Font, though, is... It's a big dude. Yeah, Rob Font is sitting at 5'8". Okay, they're all the same height. They look smaller on TV for some reason. Wait, Rob Font's only 5'8". The dude's got, like... Uh, Mr. Fantastic Arms. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow Jose Aldo and Corey Sanhagen have the same reach. That's crazy. And he's five eight, five five eleven. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> so the problem with reaches is that they don't base it off arm reach. They base it off uh, arm and back length or God, back reach. Yeah. Too. So like Tyron Woodley can have the same close reach to like John Jones, but only because Tyron is has a massive back. <laughs> got a big hey boy. Got a big back. <laughs> but now we'll, now we'll move on to the main event. Jan Blaka right. Blahovic, or oh. what? 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 Luke Hart, Blahovic. What? Luke Blahovic. Blahovic. Him John Blakovich. John Blakovich <laughs> versus Glover. Don't call me Glover, Tashera. <laughs> old man Glover versus also old man Jan, thirty-eight and forty-one. God damn it! Another that old. Well, I knew Glover was pretty old, but Jan's 38? Glover riding a five-fight win streak. Jan also riding a five-fight win streak. But Jan, the 38, coming off a win. His first title defense against Israel Adesanya, which really, I think, kind of solidified his star power. Yeah. And then Jan coming off the streak of Tiago Santos and Anthony Smith back-to-back finishes. I love how Tiago and Anthony are kind of like the gatekeepers to light heavyweight now. Yeah. Like, I love him. He might be fighting for a title here soon again. And I say, I'm a Tiago Santos guy too, and it's just like that's. Did you watch the Santos Glover fight? Ah, uh, yes. Santos yeah. had him in that first round. He was, yeah. but once again, blew his wad trying to take him out. Yeah, Glover. I don't. So what are we thinking here? Because I didn't realize they're both so old. So I think I, was say, I Glover. Like, I know Glover has like a. A kryptonite chin like that man cannot be hurt <laughs> right 
Uh, but, unless we could bring Rumble back, but... I mean, yeah, well, get Glover to get knocked out by Gustafson and Rumble, so maybe the <laughs> chin isn't... But, I mean, Rumble says, like, one of the hardest punchers ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, Jan's on a uh, crazy finish streak. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess not a streak since he didn't finish Izzy, but, like, the way he kicks, like, when he messed up... The Corey Anderson knockouts, whatever. Like he, I, it's like one of those classic, like guy goes in for a takedown, you catch him with an uppercut type of deal. Yeah. But the Luke Rockhold fight, how he was just kicking and like kicking the shit out of his body, and then kind of with the hook, and then definitely the Dominic Reyes fight, where once again kicking the shit yeah. out of his body. Dude, that first kick, his body was purple, and then like, broke, I just... destroyed his nose. Oh, poor Reyes, man. I think Talk Jan. Fall from grace. I think Jan wins. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be a finish or not. I don't. I think it's hard to finish Clover. Yeah, but I think uh, Jan's can do. It. He's got the pull. It's like <laughs> I saw the thing. It's like, what do you take, Polish power or old man strength? Who are you voting? For? Yeah, saw that. But Jan's got. I mean, uh, Jan's got both though. He's thirty eight. He does. And with Clover right now, his thing, uh, he's developed a lot more grappling. So that's helped him a lot in his most recent fights, especially in the streak going right mm-hmm. now. But Jan's already got a grappling background. I'm pretty sure he. I don't remember if he's he, first place. What he trained in? First place in the Polish BJJ link, uh, re, uh, league, 98 kilos. BJJ. Yeah, he's got okay. a. Jan's got a wrestling background. He's also like he's pretty well rounded. He's won like. He's a gold medalist Muay Thai world champion. He's. Done a lot of stuff. Like we saw. Like I mean, he took down. I mean, not like Izzy's a wrestler, but like he showed his wrestling in the Izzy fight. Like. He knows how to do some takedowns, and he has top. He's a good top game. Now, uh, was, could he hold people... Glover down like that? Probably not. But uh, especially Glover's a bigger guy. You yeah. know, he might not look it, but you know, he cuts. He cuts some weight. He's an old guy. I He's, think uh... Jan could definitely defend takedowns. I think the difference yeah. is like Jan's gonna want this to be a stand-up fight, right? Yeah. 100%. And I don't think Glover can compete with him in a stand-up fight. Unless it gets in the pocket, I think I think it's a it can be a I well, I'll say Jan's gonna want to keep it more technical. I think if yep. Glover gets into a slugfest, I think it starts to favor Glover just a little bit more. Um, but and I say, um, I don't think there's gonna be takedowns. No, maybe this, this could be bite me in the ass later. But I don't think there's gonna be a takedown. Uh, I do think someone gets dropped. I say Glover might get dropped, and the fight winds up on the ground. Glover can do something from there. Well, so if he if he learned anything from the Santos fight, right? Like, mm-hmm. Santos dropped him and then went in to finish him and then got caught underneath Glover, right? Right. So, if John, if Jan drops him, stand him back up. Maybe go yeah, in for not... a – let's try to do a sack guard, but don't, like – don't just dive on his ass, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. I think Jan's going to be a lot more strategic with it than Santos. But... That's what I always – that's my pet peeve in every fight. Is like, they'll knock him down. Like, they'll knock these grapplers down. But do what, uh-huh. do what Usman did against uh, – what's his name? Uh, Gilbert Burns. You dropped him? Make his ass stand back up. <laughs> Which is crazy that Usman did that. Someone. Yeah, I know Gilbert's a high-level... Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I threw up a little jiu-jitsu guy. <laughs> and, hey, uh, Trevor, Trevor Whitman... Nah, since he's been, when Usman goes to Trevor Whitman, that man's almost... That man might be the best fighter in the UFC right now. Crazy. He's getting there for sure. He's. I think he needs to fight Wonder Boy still to solidify that. But um, all right now, uh, it, uh, this fight's really tough to call. Jan and Glover. Honestly, I'm looking at it and like I said, maybe I'm just being stupid. Maybe I'm overthinking it. It's very possible. But I can't think of anyone solidified a win. I like think Jan. I think it's like five round decision. Jan wins three rounds of two. Or maybe like 
Maybe the rounds are close. Jan might. I think it's going to be a five-round decision for Jan. I think it's going to be a very technical fight. Jan's going to try to outpoint him. Oh, man. I don't think that Glover a, yep. has the knockout power. I think Glover definitely can still a few rounds. I'd like, I'd say like a 48, 48-47, five-round uh, win you know, for Jan. You know that Glover got no, uh, got no knockout power? Who's Glover knocked out standing? Because I know he finished Tiago, but that was like a TK on the ground. When's the last time he knocked someone out? It was probably the John Jones era on Misha his way up Kushina? getting a title fight. Ryan Bader? <laughs> yeah. But he does have the power. That, I mean, I can knock you out never, Ryan and... Bader. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you know, <laughs> it's there. It's there. MMA Ryan math, Bader's... right? Yeah, uh, 100%. Let's see. Let's look, yeah. let's look at some MMA math. Uh, Glover lost to Corey Anderson, who Jan knocked out twice. So that means Glover's going to knock out Jan. But Glover also knocked out Corey Anderson, who oh, knocked out Ryan Bader, and Ryan Bader got knocked out by Glover. So it's either going to be a split decision towards Jan or a unanimous draw. Okay, I see it. Unanimous draw, a la Wonder Boy Woodley 2, or Woodley 1. <laughs> I think we're going to see it. I think Glover's going to have him in a rear naked choke. Somehow Jan's going to pop his head out in the fifth round, and we're going to get a, we're going to get a draw. Keep yeah, it out. I like I, it. Uh, and yeah, we can run it I, back I, in five months. I can see it right now. God, and I what's going to be... <laughs> Poor Glover will not will never win his title. They gotta stay hyped for the man, old man strength. Maybe he can pull a Randy Couture story, and uh, really, really come out in the end. But it's gonna suck though, because they're gonna have to compete against this whole card, this whole main card especially. I mean, like I said, Volkan, I think he's gonna get knocked out. So you got Kejmet in there against Jing Lang. That's gonna be a scrap. Volkov is gonna throw, but not throw down, but he's gonna put on a show against. I definitely see the Larson. yeah. The first three fights could all be finishes. I mean, the Islam Dan Hooker fight, I feel like that could be a finish. Either way. And God for freaking Petra Yan and Corey Sandhagen is going to be a barn burner. That's going to be a f- they got... finishes. So, yeah, this could be the first decision of the night. Or I could, I could, honestly, I could see both sides. Like you said, I could see Yan knocking out Glover. Or I could see Glover either submitting Yan or getting, like, they've both been finished before. It's not like these guys are known for, like. Right. I mean, Yan got knocked out by Tiago Santos not too long ago. That's what I'm saying, bro. We need to run that back. Give my boy Tiago a fight. God, uh, <laughs> Tiago could win a fight. Did Tiago win yeah. his last fight? Uh, yeah, he beat yeah, Johnny he Walker. Beat, yeah, but I think it was a really so boring, boring fight. Was so boring fight. Yeah, I heard. I didn't watch that one because after I heard what happened, I was like, Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to besmirch their names. <laughs> no, and so. the winner of this probably gets Jiri Prohaska. So, well, that's true. Jan Jiri would uh, be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I do think Yuri beats Glover. So, if Glover does win, Yuri might just snatch it from him. I see it. But, I think so. Yeah, that would suck. That'd be, that'd be sad for Glover if he won the title and then lost it in his next bout. But it's very possible. Um, but, uh, honestly, looking at this, like, look at the records and everything. These guys are, like, the experience between them both. Like, 28 and Eight for Jan and thirty-one and seven for Glover. These guys have so much experience between the both of them. Age on top of that, mm-hmm. and both both pretty big light heavyweights, all things considered. And yeah, it's 
I don't like I said, I don't even know what to think about this fight. It's six foot two for Jan with a seventy eight inch reach and then Glover six foot two with a seventy six inch reach. Like you said, the reach does not yeah. necessarily mean arms, so pretty even. And they both yeah. they both look about the same weight when they fight. Yeah. I would say so. The only Damn. thing I can say is I think Glover probably it's like it's right, Glover probably has the edge grappling. Like on the ground I think Grappling on the ground, Glover has the edge. I think wrestling's pretty even, and striking, I think Jan has the edge. But I think that's fair. I, I would want to say that Jan's going to be doing his kicking thing. He's going to be trying to get those body kicks in, and I think Glover's going to be trying to catch any of those kicks for a takedown yep. attempt. And how, depending if he's successful or not, couldn't tell you. But I think that'd be a game plan going into it, or just starching Jan right off the bat. I don't like Blitz Jan on. can be. Yeah, because Jan can be sometimes be a little bit of a slow start at the first round, just kind of fill you out. I think if Glover can unleash his inner uh, Chuck Liddell and just go in there and just bark him real quick, I think it wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I think Jan wins. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if I had to put money on it, I would have to say Jan as well. But so yeah, we ran through the whole two six seven card. Like I said, we will try to be back. Not try to be back. I'll make sure of it. Damn it. Uh. We'll be back, what do you say, Monday? Recap the fight? I'm down. I'm 100% ready for that. And then... Um, go ahead. Next week, we'll also do somehow... We'll do also probably next Thursday as well. We'll try to pre preview the 268. We got some big cards back-to-back. I'm excited. And, yeah, I'm, I got a busy... On 268. I'll be going to my first wrestling show. I'll be going to Rampage in St. Louis. I'm excited, bro. You going to 8 wait, AEW? Yeah. When, uh, yeah. when are you doing that? Wednesday? November 3rd? Uh, Rampage is on Friday, so I'll be oh, there. Oh, people I work with are going to the, the AEW show in Kansas City on uh, it, so like November 3rd. <laughs> I think it's Dynamite. Yeah, Wednesday, yes. Dude, I, I know it's an MMA podcast, but I got to rant a little bit here. Uh, we probably could have gone to Dynamite, Rampage, and Full Gear all in the same week, <laughs> but they kept changing the locations everywhere <laughs> we almost had my uh, my friend Hyde had to almost turn in those tickets multiple times because they moved the, the all the venues multiple times like we thought it wasn't gonna be in st louis anymore but st louis the independence the real, uh, louisiana so <laughs> the real question is garrett are you going to the royal rumble in january in st louis did you buy tickets? uh Hyde brought that up uh maybe we might um, like I said, I'm not. You gotta go. I hate watching. I hate watching WWE right now, but I would love to go to a Rumble. You gotta go to a Rumble, right? Rumbles. Let's see yeah. the sacred event. And is that on 31st? No, I have no idea when it is. I just know I people I work with bought tickets to go to the Rumble. I was gonna say sometimes the Rumble falls on my birthday. I think that'd be really cool. I'd go see the Rumble. Awesome. With that being mm-hmm. said, uh, thank you, Garrett, for coming on the podcast. This is hopefully thank you for the, having me, man. I always say hopefully, but no, this is the start of a nice. Pod, uh, a nice content partnership between the Nerds of the Night and Phantom Films 100. I guess they go check out the YouTube channel. That's Phantom with an F for anyone who wants to go check Phantom that out. Phantom Films 100 on YouTube. Gaming oh, content. Yeah. You're going to see UFC 4. You're going to see some Back for Blood ga- gameplay. Rainbow Six Siege a little bit. Everything. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And I'm always putting out content. Sometimes I'll put an extra video every once in a while. There's actually going to be a video maybe today, maybe Sunday. I'm not sure yet. I'm actually working on it right now. It's a five-minute short. Um, maybe I'll put that out too. Always grinding. Let's see. 
Always. But go check that out. Like the Facebook page. Go f- go like Phantom Films 100. Support You support him, it supports us, because then he comes back for more podcasts. And then we get to do this MMA podcast all the time. Exactly. I love doing it. I love MMA. Uh, I love talking about it. So and this I is don't know. I don't, like I said, I know MMA. I know wrestling. That's about it. This is something the nerds and I have been talking about for a while. I've been trying to put together an MMA podcast since pretty much COVID because I dove head deep and I've pretty watched, I think, since actually before COVID, since like January of 2019, I've watched almost every single UFC card every week. I've not missed one. I've been going crazy. But by, I've been I've been shilling my own hard-earned money for all the pay-per-views. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. But then I, 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 I've... Since they're on ESPN Plus, I pay for that. I watch every fight night. Actually, do I do watch every fight night? I care. I watch all the prelims. Right. No, I don't. But all the main cards, I try to. Yeah, you gotta watch them, man. And some of those prelims, man, they go, they go hard. Sometimes it's always the ones you don't watch, though, that they just have all knockouts. That's true. There was a one last year with like the dude, the prelim guy, the guy got slammed, knocked out. I love like. <laughs> think it was last year there was like an eight fight card like all the fights got canceled because of covid and shit like that and there's like eight fights total prelims and main card and they were like uh-huh. all knockouts i remember it was brandon fitzgerald and johnny uh, not johnny but brandon fitzgerald and paul felder the only two on commentary and it was all knockouts the whole night it was crazy loved it holy crap love the card but we love mma here at the nerds night some i've been circling for like the last two and a half years i mean this podcast has been going on for almost four years now but like two and a half years really been circling MMA podcasts. Um, we got some more content coming out. Eternals comes out next week for you non-MMA fans. We're going to do a movie review over that, hopefully, as soon as it comes out. We'll see if there's any Halloween content that comes out this also around this week. But that being said, once again, thank you so much for joining us, Garrett. Yeah, thank he, you for having me. Uh, be quick back. question before we, before we end it, though. I'm kind of curious. Are we going to do a podcast for the Rumble? I have to discuss the powers that be. I think we haven't done it. We haven't done a wrestling podcast since the last one you were on. And honestly, yes. I haven't consumed any wrestling since then. I've been. I've checked out. I've checked out of WWE. I know what's going on. I've checked out of AEW. No, I know what's going on. God bless hey, Kenny man. Omega. AEW is the best right God now. God bless man. MJ. Du- yeah. What's his name? MJF. MJF. Yeah, Mama yeah. mid. <laughs> but uh. We might do a podcast. Since I have friends going to the Rumble, uh, I might have to do a podcast over the Rumble. Get their experience, get them on the podcast, have them talk about being at a Rumble. Right. Honestly, just hit me up whenever. We'll get it going. But, you know, it's the Nerds of Night, so that means go to bed, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Sharon from the Nerds of Night Podcast, and we did it. We made one. So, good night. Go to sleep. Get, a- get out of it. Stop listening. Why are you still listening <laughs> to this podcast? Turn it off. Go to bed. <laughs>